Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I guess we'll start with what matters, and that is it's the Bucks hosting the Cowboys in the NFC wildcard game on Monday night football. They got the primetime final slot. How about that? We kind of predicted it. If you listen to this podcast, if you read the Tampa Bay Times at all or my Twitter feed, that's the way it was going to go down, in part because they had talked in the NFL owner meetings about the fourth seed getting that slot, but more importantly, ESPN really wanted the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure they should want them now because the Cowboys are playing really poorly. It's funny, Steve. You know, I would have told you that, and I haven't looked at a single line, so, you know, I'm not that guy, right? I'm not the, hey, what's the what's the opening line? You may know it. Cowboys um, favored by three. Just by three. Now, two weeks ago, eh, make that three weeks ago, I guarantee you, and I don't set the lines. They would have been favored by it more than a touchdown, um, which is which is a lot at home for the Bucks. But the Dallas Cowboys are playing some of the worst football in the NFC that I've seen. And I didn't see much of this game. I saw some highlights. Dak Prescott has thrown an interception in seven consecutive games. He threw 38, 39 passes against the Washington Commanders who dominated them. Um they're not playing good football, and boy, do they have a lot of pressure on them because I really believe that we got to win the Super Bowl and all of that, right? And they're coming in here. They're, they're, they're expected to win, expected to win. Um, it turns out the Bucks have already beaten the Cowboys. I don't know that there's a, a really many teams in the NFC they would rather play right now the way the Cowboys are playing, but – they're going to get them, and they're going to get them in prime time, Monday night football. Of course, the, if you want to know when a game is going to be, just put yourself in my shoes, okay? Because we have these things called deadlines, and it doesn't matter that we're a digital product. We still have them. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to do the most important game, what's the worst time to do it? Oh, I know. Let's have a night game, prime time, on Monday night football. So extra day. Now, here's the good news for the Bucks if you're the Bucks or their fans. Extra day to prepare. That 24 hours is huge, right? Well, 48 because hours compared to the I first ch- games, the first Saturday games. I mean, it's 48 well, hours right. extra. It's, it's two whole days. Yeah, you could have gotten a Saturday game. That's exactly right. And uh, when I was in the locker room, one Robert Hainsey was getting treatment on his hamstring. I'm not sure you could have had a worse injury. Now, both tackles didn't play. Donovan Smith was inactive. Tristan Wirfs. They didn't let on the field, which was probably smart. But you you can ill afford to lose your starting center at this point of the year. And before you ask, well, what about Ryan Jensen? Mm, no. I don't think Ryan Jensen is in any position to play a football game at this point. Uh, if, if you just had nobody and could he get out there and give you something, I don't. I still don't know that he could. You know, we saw uh, Nick Leverett have to come in for Hainsey and 
If you want to know why Tom Brady left the game when he did with about eight minutes to go in the in the first half, they've got a bunch of new guards. And, of course, Leverett moves over to center, hasn't played there all year. And on about the second or third play, he snaps one, and they, they, they get a line call screwed up. And of all people, they don't block Grady Jarrett, who just lays out Brady. And Brady gets up, and you can just see him. He's like, what in the – and that was it. Like at that point, Todd Bowles was like, "Oh yeah, hell no. We we don't have anybody. We're not going to get this guy hit like this." Um, and so they got him out of there pretty soon. The Bucks actually led this game, and you know they were in control. I mean, to be honest, Desmond Ritter didn't do anything in the first half. They ran the ball a little bit, um, but the Bucks did a nice job on defense. They got a turnover. Blaine Gabbert came in and threw a touchdown after that turnover to Russell Gage, who looked like he got hurt, either falling on his back or his hip. There was a lot of injuries in this game. I don't know how many of those are major or not. Um, But then they gave up 20 unanswered points in the second half. And, boy, let me tell you, um, we were saying this before the podcast, like, hey, I'd like to take back everything I said about Devin White loafing. He can take as many plays off as he wants to because (laughs) they're linebackers. They're inside linebackers, K.J. Britt and J.J. Russell. Woof. Boy, do they have no depth at that position. My goodness, those guys were bad. Yeah, it does make you appreciate uh, the starters and their play. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we know how talented Devin White is. And he took a lot of grief for that, the, the, the one play on video that, you know, he was kind of walking as other guys were sprinting and by And it him, was a loaf, yeah. Yeah, it was a bad play and a bad look. and But. You know, he is really talented, and, yeah, the drop-off between Levante David, Devin White, and the next guys is significant. Yeah. Maybe more than any other position on the team, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was was really bad. I mean, the Bucs, because of that, they didn't really have the ball. You know, they had 38 yards in the second half. 38. And in the first half, it was was nearly as bad for Atlanta um, because their defense was was pretty imposing, and, and Ritter didn't do a whole lot. He wound up throwing a couple of touchdown passes, his best game. He goes two and two as a starter for the Falcons. They're thinking, well, maybe we got something. I don't. I don't know. It's not a big. It's not a big sample when one of those games is going against you know the counterfeit Bucks um, at the end of a game. But um, listen, they, we talked to to Todd Bowles. We talked to Todd Tom Brady after the game about coming out, and and he was. I think he recognized he needed to leave, but. You know what Bulls said was first of all they they planned on winning the game. There was no excuse for playing the way they did, even with the backups in the second half on defense. But aside from that, his thing was the momentum was playing. You know the momentum is going out there and competing. And to that point, they did carry over some momentum on offense. I I, I think they had done some nice things, especially you know we saw the previous game um, when they came from behind and Tom Brady had, you know, through for 450 something yards and three touchdowns, a bunch of bombs to Mike Evans. So they were clicking, especially with the deep passing game. Well, in this game for only the third time this year, they took the opening kickoff and drove it down and scored a touchdown. They were very, very good. And, and, and in, in a sense, that's kind of carrying over what they did the week before. So from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, Brady is getting protection, they're catching the ball well. Uh, you had some milestones that occurred during the game. You know, Chris Godwin um, got you know got got to a hundred catches. Only the second player to do that, just shy of Keyshawn Johnson's hundred and six catch record going back in the day. 
He went over 1,000 yards again, this time for the third season, two seasons in a row. And, of course, last year he had the torn ACL, MCL. For him to come back, miss games because he tore his, he didn't tear, but he, he, he messed up his hamstring in week one is remarkable. He's had a remarkable season, and, he, and each week he looks more and more like Chris Godwin. Mike Evans had to come out. He didn't play because he is ill. There's a bug going around. <laughs> have you heard this before? Or we, have, we both have kids in school. There's a bug going around, and it's running through the Bucks locker room a little bit. Jones, Julio Jones had it earlier this week. He was inactive. And then on Sunday morning, I guess, uh, Mike Evans came down with it, and they decided to hold him out because he, he just didn't feel good. Um, so hopefully that that won't continue to wreak havoc on, them, havoc on them. But, you know, they look, they played who they played, and and they lost the game. They gave it 20 straight points. It's not about the score. It's sort of about... So how do you like them now? Well, for starters, they're eight and nine football teams, Steve. They're, I mean, and again, you can't, you know, because you clinched, you had the ability to not have to try to play everybody to win, and that's, that's a, to their credit. But by the same token, there's not, they're only, I want to say the the fourth team uh, that's a non-strike team since they went to this playoff format mm-hmm. to go to the playoffs with a losing record. It just it hasn't happened that much. So I was mentioning those teams. It was the 2010 Seahawks. These are non-strike seasons. They were seven and nine, and you know they they wound up uh, you know being that that Marshawn Lynch team that um, ran the ball really really well, and they ended up beating New Orleans and 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 Drew Brees. You remember the run that he had. Um, you know, back in the beast mode days. Then then there was, after that, the 2014 Carolina Panthers. Uh, they went 7-8-1 in Ron Rivera's fourth season. That won the NFC South. And they had a very strong defense. Luke Keekley didn't allow very many play, many points. And then they uh, they had a pretty easy win against Bruce Arians Cardinals who had to start Ryan Lindley. They were down to their fourth quarterback. They had a bunch of injuries to Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton, and um, they wound up uh, beating the Cardinals in that game and beating Bruce Arians. And then there was the 2020 Washington football team. And again, that's another Ron Rivera team that made it with a sub-500 record. They were 7-9. and nine. And so it was very close to that season that he had with the Panthers. They got hot at the end. They went 5-2. and two. Um, you know, you had Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson kind of carried that team. Good defense, of course, with Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and those guys. And they, you know, put up a, a you know, a pretty good a pretty good fight in the playoffs. Um, they didn't win, but uh, you know that that was the team that the Bucks probably struggled the most against in the postseason. If you recall, they went up there Taylor Heineke. Um, played really, really well, and, and, and the Bucks were lucky to get out of that wild card round on the mm-hmm. road, quite frankly, in D.C. So um, they're they're in good company. I mean, these are teams that either, you know, two of them won the game. Um, I mentioned, you know, they struggled with Washington in that season. So it, it really doesn't necessarily translate to who's going to play better, you know. And like we mentioned, I, I, I thought New Orleans was a better team albeit Drew Brees' arm was shot when, when they got the turnovers and beat New Orleans. I thought Green Bay was a better team. 
Aaron Rodgers played a bad or you know bad second half. Tom Brady threw three picks in the second half. Um, so you know you you, you kind of get lost in in history a little bit. But I I don't think Brady was happy that this is the first losing record that he had. But he also didn't seem that like annoyed by it. Um, I'm sure it's something he would have liked to have never had. You know, had a losing record in in a season where he started and finished all the games. Um, but that's that's where they are. And he and he didn't seem after the game like he also seemed like a realist. He didn't see overly optimistic. He was he was sort of talking about how you know they are going to have to play really really well and they're capable of it but they haven't done it consistently and you can't fall behind and the playoffs are a different deal and so you know i think he's realistic about where they're at but again you you tell me that the Dallas Cowboys are playing good football right now cuz they're not and Dallas has to go on the road and they're going to have immense pressure so you, know, you give them a fighting chance anytime there's Tom Brady um you have a chance we're going to talk about another quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that isn't as fortunate and what a day in the NFL really with all these different playoff scenarios and things going on uh it, it was quite quite a day of uh, of some surprises and the Green Bay Packers are not in the postseason again uh this time with Aaron Rodgers and what is his future we'll get to that in just a minute but first I want to tell you guys how you can save money on your electric bill it's called May Electric Solar they're a family-owned and operated business they've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years now there's a ton of these fly-by-night companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty. Three decades, folks. Something goes wrong, they're fixing it. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. All those guys up there on the roof, those are Billy May's guys. You know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's their number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, improve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, a look around the NFL. There was a lot of games that were going to influence uh, who was going to make the postseason, none more important than in the NFC. Congratulations to your Detroit Lions. They go into Lambeau and do the red-hot Packers and keep Aaron Rodgers out of the NFC playoffs. Wow, what a game. They played like they had nothing to lose, which they had nothing to lose. And right. tremendous effort. I mean, coming down the stretch, they run the hook and ladder uh, with about two mm-hmm. and a half minutes to go. Uh, just, But a tremendous effort by Detroit, as, as Dan Campbell said going in. And, and, you know, they didn't know the Seattle outcome earlier in the day knocked him out. But going before that, he said, we're either going to make the playoffs or they're not. Mm, I love it. I love it. it. You know, and he and they interviewed him during the game, and it was the first or second quarter, or whatever else, and asking about, hey, you found out before the game that you have know, been eliminated from the playoffs, and he's like, we're here to win a game, and we don't want to see them in there. We don't want them to yeah. make it. You know, and it was right. You know, division rivalry. That's exactly what the NFL wants is rivalries at the end of the season, which is why you play Absolutely. division games now. And yeah, but it was a tremendous effort by the Lions. Uh, a fun game to watch, and Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. 
Yeah, and, and you know, I, I really thought they were going to do it because they they had played so well and gotten themselves back into contention. You tell me, you've got a home game at Lambeau Field in that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You got to win one game against a team that you have beaten every year and sort of owned. And in fact, Rodgers has made it be known um, how much he dominates the Detroit Lions. And you can't pull it off. And in a little bit of the action that I saw, Rodgers, man, like the body language is bad. He, times he looks disinterested. He's a little aloof. And and then, you know, here we go again. He, You know, Mike Tomlin likes to say, we um, we need volunteers, not hostages. Aaron Rodgers feels like a hostage at times to me, or he's holding them hostage. Like, we're going to go through another offseason where he's just not sure what he's going to do. And I think he loves the attention, and I think he needs the attention. Mm-hmm. But the entire Packers organization is going to be a hostage, not a volunteer, waiting for you know, Aaron Rodgers to go have whatever particular hallucinogenic drug he uses and then and then come back and decide whether he wants to play football. And they can't trade him. He's untradeable. He's uncuttable because of the massive contract that they gave him and what that would mean on the salary cap. It would be over $100 million loss. So they're kind of stuck with each other if he wants to play football. Um, but, man, how many years are we going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers? And I still think the guy can play. Uh, when he's interested, you know, it, it's just this was a year of, you know, blaming the fact that you you don't have your best receiver who they let out of there to go to uh, to the Raiders, um, you know, blaming the fact that you got a bunch of young guys that you don't trust and dropping balls in the first week. You know, there's always something for Rodgers to 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 kind of alibi his way out of why such a good quarterback can't be more of a fixture, you know, in Super Bowls and. I think his act is just wearing thin, but they, honest to God, can't do anything with him. They gotta, they gotta take him back. Um, there were a lot of games in the NFL uh, that were great uh, for one reason or another. How about none greater, maybe in my book, Steve, than when I watched that and found out that the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith, who is going to get fired if he hasn't been already, Black Monday is waiting for him yet again. No, they fired him on Sunday. It's already out. They did fire him on They Sunday. put out a okay. statement thanking him and basically thanking him and saying, but, you know, we deserve a winning team. And Yeah, well, guess what? It would have been a lot easier uh, for them if Lovey hadn't done them the disservice of of losing or actually beating. He won the final game. If he lost, they have the number one pick and they have Bryce Young. But because, I mean, he had to know he was gone, he went out there and went for two, got it at the end of the day, beat Indianapolis, and now the Chicago Bears own the number one overall pick. They don't need it. They have Justin Fields, but they are going to get a ton of compensation in terms of draft picks and or players, all because of Lovey Smith, probably knowing he was fired, left a parting gift to the Houston Texans, which was, hey, man, you know that first overall pick you like so much? Yeah, you don't have that anymore. And he helped his former team, the Bears. How good is that? It's just too delicious. Because, I mean, listen, if anyone knows that Lovey knows how, you know, it was tanks for the memory, that Lovey Lovey knows how to tank. Oh, he knows. All you have to do, (laughs) go back and see how they got Jameis Winston, man, against the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. They were down by 10 points, and they pulled everyone. And they, they had to fight. They had to fight in order to lose, which they did. And then they got their pick of the two quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mario. They took Jameis. Turns out neither one was any good. Um, but that was that was Lovey's charge, and he did it. Now, don't go leading the charge, Rick. 
Um, he led the charge that time. This time, yeah, I'm going to go for the win, man. And he got it, and he got his walking papers, but you know what? You go out like that, that's cool. I mean, if you're going to yeah. go out, go out that way. Right. But this is the second year in a row now Houston's fired a coach after one year. I think it's going to be their fourth coach in four years when they hire oh, yeah. a guy. Yeah, because the last two have had one yeah, year. Yeah, because, I mean, David Bill O'Brien's last year, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Bill O'Brien, by the way, speaking of Bill O'Brien, I wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Check it out. Because I don't know what's going to happen. And we'll talk about this this week. Uh, you know, tell me how the how that postseason game goes, right? If the Bucks lose... Mm-hmm. Um, and if Tom Brady decides he is coming back, let's start there. Let's say Tom Brady decides I'm going to play and I want to play in Tampa, or he makes it known that that's the case. Does Byron Leftwich have a job? Does Byron Leftwich come back as offensive coordinator? Now, the two are very close personally. They work together hard. They won a Super Bowl together. They, you know, Tom's thrown for five thousand yards. He threw for over forty something heart, four thousand yards this year. And so it's not all bad, right? Like they they average 30 points a game two of the three years that he's been the coordinator. However, however, a year ago, and this was my story on Sunday, when the Bucs thought that Byron Leftwich was going to get the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching job, and oh boy, wouldn't that have been a good one when you got the way Trevor Lawrence is going right now. Um the Bucks were looking for an offensive coordinator because they thought for all the world, like Byron's got this job, man. And something fell apart at the end and Trent Bauke's still there and all that. Um, but they thought they were going to lose him. So who did they reach out to? Right? Bill O'Brien. Isn't that interesting? Former Houston coach, former Penn State coach, now the offensive coordinator at Alabama in the last two years and doing very, very well, by the way, with a young quarterback like Bryce Young. And... You know, the thing about about uh, OB, uh, Bill O'Brien, is that he's worked with Brady many, many years. They used to be at each other's throats. I mean, Brady's sideline uh, temperament with, with O'Brien wasn't good because O'Brien would just cuss him out back, back and forwards. So they would really have at it, but they respected each other. And, you know, if you're going to replace a Byron left, which, and again, I don't, I'm not announcing, you know, according to my sources, the Bucks have fired. Byron Leftwich, that's not what I'm doing here, okay, because I don't know. Um, there's a school of thought over there that Tom and him love each other and that, you know, Tom wouldn't think of, of having a different coordinator right now in Tampa. I'm not so sure. Um, but wouldn't it be interesting um, if Brady decides to stay if they went out and got OB? And I, I put that out there. Man, I couldn't believe there's a lot of people that saw him as a coach in Houston, um, you know, sort of throw away draft picks, um, have the Deshaun Watson episode, like all of that went on under his watch. It wound up costing him the game. But you're not asking him to be head coach. You're asking him to call plays. And from where he's been when he's done that, he's been really, really good. Well, I don't know Um, if he was that bad of a head coach. He was an awful general manager. That's what happened. That's a great point because he made the playoffs like four out of six years Mm -hmm. with, I think, Three or four different quarterbacks. They went. They ran like through TJ quarterbacks. TJ Yates and, and yeah, it was yeah, guys like all that. those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it, once he took over the general manager role, that's when the team went downhill quick. 
Yeah, I traded DeAndre Hopkins. He started doing stuff that didn't make any sense and not getting much compensation for him. Mm-hmm. But, but as the I, offensive you know, coordinator, you're not asking him to do that stuff. No, no. You're game planning, you're calling plays, and more importantly, you're dealing with the quarterback. And I actually think it would be good give and take you know, for one, if if they if they do get rid of Byron, to to have somebody that he's used to, um, that I think he respects, that I think, you know, I've seen the sideline arguments between the two. <laughs> They're very like minded type A individuals that go at it, uh, but I think Brady needs that sometimes. I think sometimes, you know, there's too many yes men at one buck place, and I think Brady has always thrived under discipline and a coach that really didn't give many credit, and that was the extreme. Um, to this where, you know, basically they're willing to do anything, anytime, anywhere to make him happy so long as he still agrees to stay here. So uh, I'm not sure when that decision will come down. He was asked about it after the game. He wasn't going there. And uh, frankly, even if they were to lose on Monday Night Football and we were to talk to him and somebody's going to invariably ask him, what's your future? He's not going to have an answer. That's just not sort of the way he rolls right away. So, yeah. That would be um, that'd be an interesting pairing, but I don't know. I think there'll be staff changes because Todd Bowles didn't get to hire one, right? So you had a head coach who made the postseason, which is really the first goal. And record aside, it's not good. Um, but you know, he he sort of had his his staff mm-hmm. picked for him, and and now I think you know he, if he remains, he's got to do a little bit more on his own, getting guys that he's comfortable working with and whatnot. But and what I, if they make the the NFC Championship game? Are there staff well, right. changes? Well, there? in that I mean, case, you that means that they played or... well on mm-hmm. offense, and I don't think Byron's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, and the I other still thing think is, a lot of changes depend on how this postseason goes. I agree. Totally and, agree. And what Tom Brady wants to do. Tom Brady is the key, mm-hmm. as always, right? Is he playing? Because, listen, if he's not playing, okay, if he says, hey, I'm out, and when will he say that? God only knows. He's not going to do it as quickly as February 1st, like a year ago. But if he says, I'm out, and you're looking at Kyle Trask, or you're looking at Blaine Gabbert, well, hell, they may go, you know what? We're going back to no risk it, no biscuit, right? Like, those guys both know that offense inside and out. And they may be willing to stand in there and take the hits and take the drops. Now, may not be the greatest, you know, long-term decision they've ever made in terms of health, but... Um, I don't know that you're going to, you know, well, you got to decide what do I believe in philosophically as a head coach. And, and Bowles is a defensive coach. Maybe he wants to protect his defense. Maybe he wants to sustain drives. I mean, Byron, Byron's done both. And so um, it may change the dynamic if Brady were to move on or, or decide to retire again. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, Rick, and we've talked about this for weeks now on this podcast, look at the list of quarterbacks for the NFC playoff teams compared to the AFC playoff teams. 
in the NFC, I mean, how many of these quarterbacks from each conference do you think can lead a team to a Super Bowl victory? Let's start there. So in the NFC, okay. in the NFC, you got mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts as the one seed. Yes, MVP candidate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the two seed, you got Brock Purdy. Well, I mean, the team is good. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm sold on Brock yet. Okay, Kirk Cousins, your three seed. <laughs> All kinds of questions there, man. <laughs> Tom Brady's your four seed. All right, the goat. You got to give the goat his due. You mm-hmm. just do. Dallas is your five seed with Dak Prescott. I'm not. Listen, I think Dak's Q rating is going way down. The man's had seven interceptions in seven games, and when I watch him, he doesn't look like the $45 million. I really believe that Dak's going to lead us to the Super Bowl. I don't see it. I I don't don't dislike him. I don't think he's middle of the pack. He's probably upper middle, but I, uh, I don't know, man. He's not playing good ball. All right. Daniel Jones is your sixth seed with the Giants. No, no. Reclamation Project. And Good Geno Smith. made the playoffs. Yeah, Geno Smith's your seventh seed. Again, like, same guy, really. He's just mm-hmm. a few years down the road than, than Daniel Jones. I mean, he's that guy everybody gave up on and went to the right situation at the right time. And, you know, he, he didn't forget how to play football. But, yeah, no. Not, none of those guys really are overly impressive. There's a couple. All right, let's go to the AFC. Not, let's go to the AFC. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. MVP of the league, and if not for blowing a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter against Kansas City, who know we'd be talking about him in Brady-like uh, reverence, I think, by now. Josh Allen. Love him. What's not to love about him? And, you know, big old Haas, runs over people, throws the crap out of the ball, and, oh, by the way, uh, you know, all those guys were affected – by what happened to their teammate. And, you know, so I think they're going to play really, really well. Joe Burrow. Joe Cool, man. Joe Shiesty. Uh, listen, I have a feeling we – and I love – again, Josh Allen, rare talent, beast, all of that, phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes right now, the heir apparent to a Brady for multiple Super Bowl rings and things like that. I don't know. Joe Burrow may end, up, may end up being Joe Montana. Like we, he's it's possible. What did he say after the game about the Bengals window? Well, they they asked <laughs> him if good. they felt they're in the Bengals window for the Super Bowl, and he said the the window's my career, man. Uh, as long as I'm playing, I'm in <laughs> the window it. or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. If, if I'm upright, <laughs> my window is open. Yeah, I sleep with the windows open. There's got to be a T-shirt somewhere, man, with that with Joe Burrow. Um, that's perfect. And that's who he is. Like confidence. Oh yeah. We got that in bushels. Um, so yeah, I love Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence. Stud on the rise, man. Mm-hmm. Didn't play his best game. Like he missed some throws and, and you know, they don't run the ball consistently enough to sustain some stuff. But dude, dude in his first year under a coach, not named Urban Meyer, <laughs> um, went off. And got his team not just in the postseason, but as AFC North champion. And he's he's still, you know, incredibly likable, really talented. And I think, you know, he talked about struggling with his confidence. Well, it's 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 come back quite a bit. So if he ever gets it, really gets it, mm-hmm. um, he'll be talked about the same way we talk about those other cats 
whether it's Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, he'll be right in the conversation. Justin Herbert. Love him. Thought his team has been bad around him for so long, and I think that's what's held him back, that and maybe some play calling. Mm-hmm. But they lost, was it Mike Williams tonight or uh, yep. Sunday? Yep. That's That could be huge. Didn't need to be in the game, by the way. Um, I, I think he could use more weapons, but – yeah, really talented guy. Like I, I, there was a time when they thought, "Oh no, he's next, right?" Yep. Well, maybe he's next to the guy that's next. He's well, not too far down the list, though. And the final two in the AFC, if they're healthy, Lamar Jackson, MVP, and Tua. Uh, up until the concussions, was an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Strong. Those two guys are strong, man. And I don't. Again, Lamar. You know, they're hedging you. Supposed to be back. No one's seen him. Like mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Um, but it doesn't matter when he's on the football field. He's electric. You know, he just is. And who was who was the final one? It was well, Tua. Uh, Tua. I mean, that's all seven. All seven uh, in the Tua. AFC. And, are yeah, and, and I mean, listen, they're all great. I mean, Tua was an MVP candidate until the concussions hit. Now he's got to overcome that. But you talk about a, a you know, breakout year. Right in the first season, uh, under the new head coach, yeah, I got a lot of confidence in him. So that's a star-studded group, man. There's a couple guys that are going to end up in Canton. Think about that. A couple guys will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame out of that list. You could, I mean, you know, it's it's early in all their careers, but Mahomes, yes, is on a Hall of Fame path. Josh Allen is, yeah, definitely heading that way. You He'll be there Joe too Burrow one day. on that path. Absolutely, I know what I'm watching. I that's the thing. Like I know what I'm watching here. Mm-hmm. I'm watching a bunch of guys who are going to just give it to each other in the AFC every single season. It's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, they've taken the Brady, Roethlisberger, Manning trio in the AFC, and now there's five or six or seven. Oh, big time, big time! And it's so funny they're all over there. Mm-hmm. Like they're all in one conference, man. I can't. I made my Super Bowl prediction, but boy, is it hard to predict an NFC team is going to win this thing. As much as I like Jalen Hurts, they're not playing good at, or well at all. Like they stink right now. Um, so they've obviously got some. Listen, it, this is going to be a fascinating postseason because I thought Rodgers was going to make it. He didn't. Brady's still there. You have an opportunity with some some unknowns or some guys, some rehab projects, you know, if you will, like a Geno Smith, um, a rookie in Brock Purdy, unknown com- commodities on the one hand, and, and then, of course, in the AFC, some very known commodities. So it's going to be fascinating. I just can't fathom that an NFC team, maybe San Francisco, is going to beat whoever comes out of the AFC in the Super Bowl. But we're still a ways from that. We don't have to worry about that. This is... This weekend coming up, Steve, is my. It, it, I, I like the divisional round. Wild card weekend, weekend though, is it is a smorgasbord, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is a buffet. <laughs> you bring the plate and you go back as many times as you want. Every game is so good. You know what I mean? And the teams that win it. Typically, when you, when you had two buys, the wild card weekend was always crazy and wild. And you'd come out of that with. You know those those four teams winning, going. These are the these. Are, they're going to upset the neck. You don't want to play these guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and then invariably the next week the one and two seeds would dominate. 
predominantly. And you're like, oh, that's why they got the bye. Yeah, they're better. You know, now we only have one team with a bye in each conference. Yeah. So it's completely different because yeah. now your number two seeded team is playing. You're playing good teams, all mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. So I, I think the wild cards, to be honest, I think it, it – I don't think this round – and granted, what, last year was the first year of it, so – Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's gonna it's gonna be as good as it used to be, only because I think you've got one team that normally wouldn't have been in in the past, and you've got one of the better teams playing in this weekend, which they didn't use to. So that two through right. set that two, you know, now that you had two and seven playing in this right. weekend, but you never know. I mean, you know, as, as Scott Van Pelt was talking about on Sports Center tonight, you know, this this weekend there's road teams you don't think can win win. Happens every year. Yeah. Tampa won them all on the road. I know it was Mm -hmm. COVID, Mm -hmm. but they were able to do it. And I I, I think there's – look, it's probably like this in hockey, which is a a series. You know, the the great thing about the NFL is is the sudden death part of it, right? Like it's lose, Mm -hmm. win or go home every single round, every single game. Um, But I think there's a lot of pressure when you play at home. I think there's a massive amount of expectations – What's interesting is the Bucks don't have those. <laughs> they're at home and they're playing with house money, and everybody knows it. And they're going to be an underdog. And the only reason that that line's coming down from whatever it was to what it is now is because the Dallas Cowboys are playing awful, right? And they're playing bad football. And you don't want to be playing bad football this time of year. You want to be playing good football. And I do think that offensively, the Bucks got a little bit of a bump these last couple weeks. You know, on offense, I think they felt more like themselves. They certainly looked that way. Now we got to see what happens with the injuries because the offensive line has been the thing, right? And you want guys to be as healthy as possible. But, um, you know, Robert Hainsey's story is going to be one to watch for sure. And, of course, the big game tonight is the National College Championship in football. Uh, That game played uh, in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. TCU, the upstart team against the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. I got I got the, I got to go with the dogs. I got to go with my man Munkin, Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator there. Um, it, it just it seems like they're going to get it done, but I but I think it's going to be a hell of a lot closer. And again, that was another again another game where the spread started really you know was big in favor of Georgia has now come way down, so they know something. Um, it's still at twelve and a half, one. I believe. Yeah, it started it a little bigger than that, but yeah. It's at 12 and a uh, half, I 14, think. 14, so. and now it's down 12 and a half. Well, that's, I tell you, it's tempting. It really mm-hmm. is. But um, you don't, I don't think you bet uh, against a, a defending national champion to, you know, to, to give up the ghost there and, and make you money. That's just not, not a great idea. But that's a big game. I think it's harder for the underdogs in the national championship game. It, it, with Matt ba- if you listen to Matt Baker, I always talk about the dudes. I think it's harder when you don't have dudes in the national championship compared to the semifinals because for the semifinals you got four weeks to prepare. That's true. This, this is one you week, had yeah. nine days or t- eight or ten, whatever it is. Right. You, know, you get a, you basically have a week to prepare for this one. Not you that you didn't do some prep work ahead of time, maybe, and had a coach or two looking ahead. But right. as a team, that four weeks difference is a huge deal when you're when you're when you're the underdog. You don't have maybe as much talent. In that, I, I think that extra time benefits those teams. I think once you get to the yeah. national championship, it's harder to do that. Scheme it up, but who's going to make the most plays? And they both had great mm-hmm. semifinals, so mm-hmm. it could be a shootout. I could see that, even though you know Georgia is really, really good on defense, but they gave up a ton of points last week. 
Um, so you don't know. And if you want to listen to some really intelligent preview of that game, of uh, the seasons that, that Georgia and TCU have had, check out our podcast from last Thursday with Matt Baker, talking college football and national championship and all of those good stuff. So we archive these things, and of course you can go back and you can listen to them for that reason. So tomorrow we'll have our uh, our mailbag segment. I've already got like, man, after the game, I think about four or five people start sending me notes asking questions. So you can do that. Uh, you know, reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Enjoy the College Football National Championship, Georgia TCU. We'll discuss some of that later in the week, of course, and uh, get you ready for the Bucks against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football next Monday. It's going to be a good one in the NFC Wild Card Playoff game. Thanks for listening. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.